0: Ladies and gentlemen, and fellow golfers, for your entertainment.
1: It's the Golf To Go Hour with Frank LaRosa, brought to you by the Hagen Oaks Golf Super Shop, America's most awarded golf facility. Nature Wood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality.
2: Welcome in. This is another edition. It's the Golf To Go Radio Hour right here on Sacktown Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa. Hello, Scott Marsh.
3: Frank, hello. Good to be here. Looking forward to another great week. On what will be another star-studded list of guests.
2: You know, it's uh, it's 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 just fun to go to go through the list of uh, of people that are doing things in Northern California and try and catch them and, and get them on the radio. And and we've been pretty lucky today. Uh, Mark Flynn is the um, a board member with the Stalker Cup, which is a prestigious uh, amateur tournament held at the Preserve Golf Course uh, uh, down in the uh, Carmel area and uh, in the Santa Lucia Preserve and uh, this this whole tournament and and golf course was news to you but we're going to learn more about it.
3: I can't wait this is a fascinating story it's one of the most beautiful areas in the state of California and I can't wait to hear Mark talk all about it.
2: Bob Ledoux is the uh, uh, Sacramento Golf Council Senior Player of the Year. Uh, last week we had uh, the other winners and uh, we're going to catch up with Bob and and talk about the year he's had.
3: Yeah, Bob's an amazing player, and uh, he's got a great story both on and off the course that he'll share with us.
2: Angie Dixon, Executive Director, First Tee Greater Sacramento. They've always got something going on, but uh, this Sunday and Monday, Peter Jacobson uh, comes to Sacramento to help support their fundraising efforts, and uh, I've had the uh, opportunity to 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 be with Peter a number of times, so I'm looking forward to the chance to, to interview him and see if we can't help First Tee.
3: Yeah, Peter's one of the very best. And it's just amazing how First Tee keeps bringing in the highest level of golf uh, entertainers and names year in, year out. And that's going to be a great event. Can't wait to hear Angie tell us all about it.
2: All that and more on this week's edition of the Golf To Go Radio Hour on Sacktown Sports 1140. Back with that right after
1: this. It's the Golf To Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports.
2: Welcome back in. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Shacktown Sports 1140. I'm Mike Cavorci. He's Scott Marsh, and we'd like to welcome in Mr. Mark Flynn. Mark is the board member with the Stalker Cup, uh, which is a tournament coming up at the Preserve Golf Course in uh, in Carmel, uh, October 18th to 21st. Uh, It's an incredible uh, uh, tournament and uh, an amateur tournament and certainly a, a miraculous golf course. And uh, let's talk to Mark and, and find out what we can more about this. Mark, Mark welcome to the show.
1: Great to be here and uh, thrilled to uh, spend time with uh, both of you gentlemen and appreciate the opportunity to tell you a little bit about the Stocker Cup. You know,
2: um, I was telling Scott about a little bit about it. He was not aware of the Stocker Cup, nor was he aware of uh, of the preserved Golf Course, uh, where it's held. So. Why don't you give us a little background uh, about how this all came about?
1: It's um you know the 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 Stocker Cup and the Preserve Golf Club are somewhat intertwined in their history. Um just by way of background, the Preserve is a is a a property with about 20,000 acres. Think of it as the size of Manhattan. So wow. 31 square miles. And a gentleman named Peter Stocker and Tom Gray acquired the property in the late 1980s, and uh, they had a vision for building, you know, a spectacular uh, community in the Monterey Peninsula area. It's a bit inland from, say, downtown Carmel, maybe 25 to 30 minutes, but it's this expansive rolling hills, countryside, hillside, you know, spectacular property, and uh, uh, Peter Stocker was, and it was a, you know, phenomenally competitive golfer. And very tragically, um, he was, you know, killed in an air helicopter accident, unfortunately, on the property in 1990. Um, and in his honor, and his legacy, the uh, the uh, group of his friends developed a tournament called the Stocker Cup. And it's designed, the tournament's really designed to bring in a lot of the best competition amongst mid-amateur players, players over 25 years old, um, throughout the country. And they saw that um, in, envisioned a bit of what happened on the on the East Coast, where tournaments like the Crump Cup that is played every year at Pine Valley, there's a, cl- a tournament called the Coleman played at um, uh, at Seminole in Florida, and they felt there's a good opportunity to have the West Coast version of a major mid amateur golf tournament um, here in Northern California, and so. Um, that, you know, uh, evolved into a tournament being played currently at uh, the Preserve Golf Course in sort of the third week of October. Invite uh, individuals, invitation event, where you invite mid-am players from around the country. They're roughly, it's a very coveted invitation. There are roughly 50 players who come in every year. And um, it's played in a unique format in some ways, where there's the mid-amateur player that would be an A player. And they're partnered with a B player who might be um, you know, often originally friends of uh, Peter Stocker. And wow. so they team up and they play in a, there's a team format and then an individual format. Um, so it's, it's you know, I think if you were to ask uh, people who played in a tournament, what makes it unique? I would think they'd say it's the camaraderie, the competition and the hospitality. Most of the players are hosted by families, they stay up on the preserved property, they build lifelong friendships. It's a coveted invitation that people look forward to getting every year. And it's just been a a wonderful way to, you know, remember and celebrate the life and legacy of Peter Stocker.
2: That's that's a remarkable story. And, uh, you know, I was telling Scott a little bit about... uh, about the tournament and about uh, the preserved golf course and and um he really had never even heard about the golf course which i suppose in in some ways is by design um you 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 know you really have to have a map and a gps to to get to the golf course mm-hmm. uh, but but once you get there boy i mean you you come up the top of that hill and it's remarkable i mean it's breathtaking and i don't know that i've ever played a golf, a golf course that's that's expensive, And, and I don't know that you ever see another hole when you're on when you're on the one you're playing it's tell us a little bit about the preserve golf course.
1: Sure. Uh, the golf course was the original routing was done uh, by one of Peter Stocker's friend named Sandy Tatum. Sandy Tatum was a former president of the USGA and a very um, prominent individual in golf uh, throughout the country but very close to Peter Stocker. And he did the original routing on the golf course. And then once they got the approvals from the various uh, regulatory or uh, community organizations, the county, et cetera, they brought in Tom Fazio to actually do the design and the specifics around the building and construction of the golf course. So Tom Fazio came and he, I had lunch with him one day and he said, what made this project somewhat unique for him was he said, typically in a in a development such as this, I, I'll get somewhere between 120 and 140 acres of land to work with. And many of the prime spots are reserved for the Vista spots or home sites because people want to sell real estate and optimize and help, you know, fund the golf course. He said, Here I was given something like 360 acres. There were no restrictions on where I could put a green or a tee box. So the spectacular vistas that you referred to, Frank, are, you know, sort of by design. So think of it as, you know, having a beautiful walk through the, you know, canyons and forest and open areas of, uh, you know, Northern California without, um, you may see a a few homes from the golf course, but it's not, um, you know, it's not designed to be overbearing. And a lot of the architecture is really, Designed, you know, to fit very well into the landscape, so it's not obtrusive and and hardly noticeable. You know, on the other hand, the golf course can be played um, on a very competitive level. They've uh, uh, they hosted the Cal California State Amateur a few years ago, the Cal, California State Senior Amateur a few years ago. They host uh, uh, U.S. Open qualifiers typically there, and so it can be a you know a championship course on the one hand. But also a course that's very playable for golfers of all skill levels so um it's by design i think a uh, um a friendly golf course, but you know if you want to play it and a you want to make it difficult there's plenty of difficulty out there so um, you know
2: you you mentioned sandy tatum and 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 the the notion of difficulty, and he kind of go hand in hand when he was president of the u s g a he had the famous line uh the the touring professional said you're trying to embarrass the best players in the world and he said no not at all we're just trying to identify them and i just thought that was that uh, he he was such a a wonderful man and i had the great opportunity to be with him on a number of occasions and he was just uh so gentle and uh, what a, i mean you talk about somebody that loved the game and loved the relationships in the game uh he 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 was one of a kind and yeah. and a great friend of of tom watson as well
1: And Tom Watson and uh, Sandy of his own ilk, uh, I'll never forget, Um, you know, he invited me to, and he was the one who informed me about the preserve or, you know, and and the work he was doing there. He invited me to play at uh, Cypress Point with him one time as we were finishing. And he said, you know, what an enjoyable day. What a great way to spend a day is playing golf and playing with you. And And so I wrote him a note, a thank you note afterwards. And he writes me a thank you note to my thank you note. (laughs) <laughs> so an extraordinary extraordinary person sandy passed lived a very very full life he passed away five or six years ago but um you know he carries a lot of uh what we were trying to do with the Stalker cup uh was part of uh sandy tatum's vision as well he and peter were very close friends
2: certainly uh if you look up gentlemen in the dictionary his sandy's picture might might well be there <laughs> yeah. scott when you when you listen to uh so Mike, talk about uh about the preserve and about the stocker cup. What's come what comes to mind?
3: I'm just absolutely fascinated. I feel like the late great Huell Hauser taking a trip through California and kind of learning something that I never have before. Cause I have to be honest, I don't know anything about this until we we started this interview Mark so I, I, I appreciate this so much um, you know I'm just on the website and just a, a couple of things you know I love it you've got the quote up with Mark Twain had it all wrong about a good walk spoiled because certainly this is a great walk out there and mm-hmm. it raises the question about Tom Fazio and is this his best work ever I'm just curious on that front and then you know, thirdly, what's going through my mind is, you know, how does this course rank? You mentioned Cypress Point and some of the other great courses on the peninsula. How would how would this stack up for somebody who's never had a chance to really get out there before?
1: The, um, you know, the different rating agencies from different times, whether it's Golf Digest, Golf Week, or different magazines, you know, it's typically been rated in the top 10 courses in the state of California. It's been in the top 10, top 100 in the United States. Um, and, uh, I would say this, uh, it's, it's a very, um, um, unique in a lot of ways. It's a, um, it's a bit, people think it's remote because while it's, I think as a crows fly eight miles from downtown Carmel to the golf course, it's about a 25 to 30 minute drive. And some people will say, oh, geez, it's such a horrible drive. Well, the reality is it's a beautiful, spectacle. if you love California, and sort of driving through majestic oaks and a lot of the beauty that is uh, that we've all been afforded to join and live through—it's—it's um, it's quite spectacular. It's the the property was one of the original working ranches when I think in the 1800s um, the, the you know when the Mexicans they they there was a land grant of ranches and this was assembled uh, as one of those. Ranches going back, uh, you know, 150 years, and today, the team that developed the property took the the 20,000 acres. They took 18,000 acres and put it into a conservancy that could never be developed. So it's preserving the property, and they and with that they endowed a significant amount of money to do research about what's the indigenous. Um, plants and, and animal life and so on and so forth. So it's designed to, you know, first and foremost, be about the natural experience. And then secondly, don't disrupt the natural experience. So the home sites and everything they do has an environmental approach to it. The golf course, you know, weaves through um, some beautiful areas, but they don't interrupt. I think some of the natural habitat as well. So
3: well wow, Frank, you would know better, but it's almost kind of like a pebble beach story in terms of how this has been kept so pristine what, what what could have been with such a great piece of land otherwise if it had been built for for homes and everything else Yeah
2: yeah, and the fact that um, he had uh, the, the architect had double the amount of property normally given that's that kind of gives you an idea of the of the scope and the vista of this. Mark, what as a longtime member of of the club when when you stand on the first tee, um what what goes through your mind i mean you you, you got to feel like you know you're you're <laughs> you're in god's country that uh you know that that you're about to have a great day with some great friends and um what 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 kind of what, what do you feel when you're when you're about to play the golf course
1: yeah it's 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 a great question because you always ask what did i ever do to deserve this why did i ever to to belong here and uh and get exposed to this spectacular Place and uh, you have to be very thankful for that, um, and and appreciative of the people who committed and had the vision to put in the hard work to develop it. But not only that, but you know, continue to embrace the values and the mission that they started out with. Um, and and it is one of as we uh, Frank, if we can get Scott out there to play the first tee shot is is a, one of the great opening uh, tee shots you'll ever find in golf courts. It's quite intimidating as you hit from an elevated tee down to a narrowing sort of bottleneck fairway. And and it's quite uh, spectacular. And uh, it gets your adrenaline going early on in a round of golf. <laughs> so having I've hit some balls all over the place, and uh, it can get you off – to a to a great start or a rough start. So um but it is by design I think you know just a great opening experience and I think that's one of the fazio elements that he really wants to let you you know feel something unique about this golf course as the experience you're going to share. And as you look out over down the first tee the uh far side uh is uh basically the big sur it's the big sur land trust borders the entire property to the south so um you could see you know there's nothing <laughs> you look out into the hills and there's just beautiful beautiful trees and landscape and pretty remarkable so if we've
2: intrigued our listeners with uh with a description of the course uh they uh the public is invited to come watch this uh, the stocker cup correct
1: yes that's correct there's they can watch the Stalker cup there's a uh, Additionally, they're going to hold a collegiate tournament uh, in late October, early November that's hosted by uh, Cal Poly, uh, puts on a tournament that the Preserve um, supports and, and hosts, and I believe the public's invited to come and watch uh, uh, both tournaments. So um, so how would someone go about that? I think they would call the Golf Pro Shop, and the number is on the website, okay. and then they wouldn't let them know that they're going to plan to attend. And there's a gatehouse as you get into the property that, um, that the uh, folks would, uh, would, um, uh, they'd have their name at the gatehouse and they'd give them directions as to where to go. So. Fabulous.
2: That's the uh, Stalker cup at, at, at the preserve October 18th to the 21st. You know, I just, uh, I, I envy you uh, being able to tee it up there every day. And uh and obviously you uh, you have a great affinity for the tournament and uh, keeping the, the name of Peter Stocker alive. So well done and and keep doing what you're doing.
1: Well, thank you. And I hope we can host uh, both of you uh, sometime in the near future. So when your schedule's free up, reach out to me. and uh... the schedule's
3: free whenever you call. You know how that works.
2: <laughs> yeah. You're listening to the Golf to Go Radio Hour on Town Sports 1140.
1: It's the Golf To Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports.
2: You are listening to the Golf To Go Radio Hour on Sacktown Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa. Hi, Scott Marsh. Hello, Frank. We've, uh, we, we're have we kind of uh, finishing up on, on the uh, Sacramento Golf Council's Player of the Year Awards uh, today. Uh, as I mentioned, I had a chance to MC the event uh, last week, and um, I, was, I was just really impressed not only with the um, – with the playing ability of all the players but uh, but who they are as people as well and uh, Bob LeDoux is the men's senior player of the year for the Sacramento Golf Council this year Bob welcome to the show thank you Frank happy Um, to be here you know that's uh, that's quite an honor obviously that you got Um, what what, you know what what went through your mind when you find out you won
4: i i I was i was very shocked i was i i I had no idea that i was even in contention until one of the guys that i play in the tournament says you know if you play well in the next one you you got a chance to win this and i i I was i was thrilled actually
2: and uh and you were thrilled the other night when you got your award as well Uh, you know uh, it was it was fun for mike woods uh for me to hear mike woods talk uh about each of you winners in in kind of a personal way and um and you and he apparently have a, a lot of history of playing golf together.
4: Mike and I both worked together at Hagen Oaks in the late 80s, mid, mid, late 80s. When he first came there from Sac State, I was working there. And and so, yeah, I, I've known Mike and the Morton kids and Bill Dixon for 35 years.
2: Wow. Um, so what got you out of the golf business and to wherever you are now?
4: Um, believe it or not, I found out that once you have a wife and a child, <laughs> the golf business doesn't pay as well as a lot of other businesses out there. And, and I, I found out that I was doing golf for the love of golf for me, but I had to look out for, at the time, my wife and my daughter.
2: I totally understand. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I find, um, a- about golfers is that, um, is is their their passion for the game first of all but um but they come uh, pretty level-headed people and and for you to recognize that um that having a family was the first responsibility you know hats off to you
4: Let, well i appreciate that
2: let's talk a little bit about uh, about the past year you had because you competed in three of the four points events uh, that the sacramento golf council holds in 2023 uh you finished third in the sacramento valley senior am finished second in the Sacramento City Senior, finished ninth in the State Fair Senior, and you are currently ranked 19th in the NCGA Senior Player of the Year standings. Uh, you also won the 2021 Sac Valley Senior Am. Um, what, you know, what do you take the most pride out of uh, in your game or what gives you the most satisfaction?
4: I, 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 think, I think the fact that although I don't get to play as much as I'd like that I, I, I keep myself competitive with these guys because I, I grew up on a, on a short golf course and learned the short game first, the the chipping and the putting and, and the fact that you're never out of it. If you, if you can keep your, your, your mind working, you can, you can usually try to stay competitive or be competitive.
2: Scott, uh, you notice he went right to the short game. <laughs> <laughs> yep,
4: that's
3: that's the problem right there. I've got it figured out. Uh, Bob, congratulations. Uh, first of all, it's quite an, uh, an accomplishment for you. And you say you're, you're not able to play as much as you would like to now, but what would you give uh, advice for people out there like who don't have a lot of time to play, maybe like yourself, to, to keep themselves sharp?
4: It, it, it's, it, it's always going to be a, a, about the chipping and the putting. I mean, the thing that we find out as we're getting older is we don't hit it as far. But if we, we find that we, I, at least me, I find I hit it straighter, but I, if I can chip and putt, it takes a lot of pressure off the rest of my game.
2: So when, when you, when you started, um, who kind of got you involved in the game? And, and, you know, what, what was that first time on the course? Like
4: my father was a golf professional. He, oh. he, he was a class, a golf professional back in the fifties and sixties. He actually was the assistant golf pro at Del Paso for a, to- a short time. And he worked at Hagen Oaks for Tom Lepresti with Ken Morton back in the beginning. Wow. And and then when I was about 11, my family bought a par three golf course out in Roseville. And that's where we learned. That's where I learned how to chip and putt. What, what course was that? It was a place called Rolling Greens. Oh, and yeah. It's, yeah. It's not there anymore they they're, they're building houses there now as of about five years ago
2: <laughs> they're building houses everywhere aren't they
4: yeah no kidding
2: um when when you're out on the golf course um just for fun what what's the difference in being out there just enjoying the round and being out there in competition
4: nowadays when i'm out there just for fun i actually enjoy the game you know for so many years when you play it competitively you're always trying to figure out a way to get an edge or, or to be better. And now as I've gotten older, I find out that it's just kind of nice being out there some days, you know, not always being competitive.
2: Of all the tournaments that you've played in Bob, what um, you know, which one, if, if I said, tell me, tell me something that happened to you in one of the tournaments, what what kind of pops out at you?
4: Well, you heard the story the other night at the awards. I, I mean, last year in the Sac Valley senior at Hagen Oaks, i hit a bird in mid-flight now i've been playing the game a long time and never had seen or heard of anything like that
2: and um and then apparently according to um, mr woods that bird was uh was removed by a hawk pretty within about
4: 10 seconds
2: (laughs) of you know when 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 you think about the competition over the years who's what what names jump out at you? What what names would we recognize from Northern California that that you were impressed with?
4: Well, I grew up playing high school golf with David and Kevin Sutherland. And I mean, they 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 were they were th- the best of the best and they still are as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they they've they've done themselves very proud and they've made Sacramento very proud. And and when I left, when I moved out of the Sacramento area in in the early late early nineties that they were still the best. And now to see David's son, Matthew, it's, it's, it, it, it warms my heart to know that we're in the second and third generation of of players that we all grew up with now.
3: What was it like being uh, honored at the same banquet as Matthew? Was that, what was that really
4: like? It it was, it was surreal to be honest, because it's, David and Kevin Kevin are legends in town. you know Joey was a legend and 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 still is and and to be at the same awards banquet with what with David's son it's just it was it was um, it made me very proud. I, I, I can say that that I'm still playing at a level where I, I can I can at least be competitive. Yeah, but I
3: got to think having the event uh, banquet at, at Hagen Oaks, too, had special meaning for you, given your
4: background. Absolutely. We were, we were talking about it. Mike and I were talking about it before. that. And and, and I had my mom and my, my girlfriend and my daughter with me. When we left that night, we walked across the putting green, and I told them there were probably 100 nights where we had cars pulled up on the side of this putting green where we were all out putting back in the day. You know when we were kids when we were in our early 20s it was nothing you could show up at hagen oaks any night of the week and there'd be a putting contest usually in the dark <laughs> that's funny you know and and the sutherlands were there and there were a lot of other people that uh, uh, who have been around the town it, it was it was it was the go-to place for us you know golfers that like to putt for money i guess and we're honing our skills
2: you know at at the risk of sounding you know like an old codger um talk about the difference in in the way people approach the game uh in those days and and the way they approach it now you know obviously to be able to pull your car up and and turn the lights on you know there were things were a little more relaxed then i'm guessing but um you know do you see differences in the game now or the way people approach it
4: i i i think um some things that were said the other night some statistics that Mike gave out that I didn't know and I and and it was it was great to hear that the game is growing in places that that we never saw it really growing you know 30 years ago 35 years ago when we were all getting started but it, it's just it's it's nice to see that that is truly happening especially in the in the crazy world we live in right now I mean the the growth areas surprised me and also made me very happy to understand better that that they were growing in places like that.
2: Yeah. One of the oddest statistics I I suppose is that um, right now there are more golfers uh, off course than there are on course, which is to say people that use the driving range or a top golf or something like that.
4: I, I would have never believed that, but it's, 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 it's great to hear because eventually at least some of them are going to venture to the golf course, I would think, you know, and, and that that just keeps the game growing.
2: There was a dis- little discussion about how good the juniors are. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs>
4: oh, my gosh. We, we uh, us, us, us less than super physically fit people call them flat bellies. And it's amazing how good they are. It truly is amazing. It's amazing how far they hit the golf ball.
2: Bob, when you, when you, um, as you look forward, um, and, and you continue to compete, um, did, did we talk about the ages? Let's talk about you. So you are the men's senior player of the year. What, what age is that? And, and, uh, do you ever think about playing in the super senior events?
4: The, the age for the seniors is 55 to 64. And I hope that when I'm 65, I can still play with those guys that, that, I mean, because I, I saw Joey the other night and I, and I follow the scores in every tournament. I'm kind of a, kind of a, a stats, um, nerd, I guess is the right word. But so I follow the tournaments and who's playing where and how they play. And, and to see Joey at 65 playing as well as he was playing, you know, when he was 35 or 25 is, is it, it gives me hope that perhaps, you know, seven, eight years from now, I'll still be able to play with him.
2: I'm going to make you uh th- we're talking with Bob LaDue, the men's senior player of the year for the Sacramento golf council, Bob, I'm going to make you commissioner for a day. Is, is there any rule in golf that um, that uh, we can do without, or, or as, as commissioner, is there anything you might do to change the game?
4: The only one that I find still to be kind of antiquated is I don't think you should have to play out of somebody else's divot in
2: I would the fairway. Yeah,
4: that's Some the only the one. Some of us Bob. All right. <laughs> Good point. Good point. You know, I. You know, the old spike mark rule. I always thought that you were being penalized because somebody else wasn't paying attention when they're walking across the green and they fixed that eventually. I I think that divots and fairways, even if they're properly fixed or filled with sand is still something that, you know, they call it rub of the green, but I think the game would be better without having it. I,
2: I I would tend to agree. You know, they, they, they say that's part of the, uh, Part of the mystery and the and the charm of golf that you you get good breaks from bad shots and sometimes you get bad breaks from good shots and uh, but but to be penalized uh, that way I, I I would tend to agree
4: uh, you know and, and I'm I, quite, quite frankly
2: and when you think about growing the game in my mind you know if if these people that are that are playing uh, simply on the driving range want to try the game and uh, if they want to tee it up in the middle of the fairway and it helps them learn to love the game. I'm, I think I'm all for that.
4: I don't disagree. Golf is hard. I mean, it truly is hard. And, and as, as I, I think that most people, as they get better at the game, start respecting the rules a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and so as you get to a different level, sure, the rules are going to change, but when you're just starting out, all you want to do is get the darn thing airborne and get it in the hole. Yeah. Well, I think tough
3: if we're being honest about the, if we're being honest about the rules of the game are complicated. Most people don't oh. know all the rules of the game.
4: I had to penalize myself a couple of a, a months ago at, at, a, at a qualifier because I didn't know the rule. I made a mistake and it cost me two strokes. First time in my life ever had happened. What was it? I had not marked my ball. And when I addressed it, even though I didn't cause it to move, it rolled. And I thought I had to put it back. And so I put it back and the the rule says if I hadn't marked it and it rolled I have to play it where it rolled to if I didn't cause it to move. And how did you find out, out about
3: this? How did you actually find out to to you know give yourself the penalty about it?
4: When I got done, I went and to when we finished, I went to the the scoring table and the rules committee who was John Nakamura And I told him what happened and said, before I sign my card, I want to make sure I did it right or wrong. And he said, you did it wrong. And so we added two strokes and then I signed my card. Wow.
2: There's not too many games we call penalties on ourselves.
4: (laughs) Not, not really. And that's, that is the true beauty of this game is is even after I've been playing now for 45 years, I still believe in the integrity of the people that I play with because in this game, if you do something wrong, that your reputation gets gets sullied really quick and then nobody wants to be around you. And that's, you know, that's how it should be as far as I'm concerned.
2: Well said, Bob. Bob Ledoux, the men's senior player of the year. Uh, we're just going to have to tee it up sometime and and uh, check each other's rules. How's that?
4: That would be great, Frank.
3: But I won't play from your divot, Bob. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You are listening to the Golf to Go Radio Hour. We're back with more right after this.
1: It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports.
2: Golf to Go Radio Hour on Town Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa, along with Scott Marsh. Angie Dixon, the executive director of the First Tee Greater Sacramento, is with us. Hello, Angie.
0: Hi, Frank. Scott, thanks so much for having me today.
2: It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. There's always something new happening with First Tee. Obviously, we want to talk about the First Tee Invitational coming up um, uh, Sunday and Monday, uh, in just a couple of days away. Um, but yes. uh, before we kind of get to that, and Peter Jacobson coming, uh, what what else is going on with First Tee? Because I know it's, it's not all about the golf tournament. <laughs> it is about the <laughs> right. kids.
0: Huh? Right. It's all about the kids for sure. So... Um, I'll I'll say we have several things happening. um, As we wrap up the calendar year, we aren't really wrapping anything up here. We're going strong. So we've got some um, RISE outreach programs. Uh, RISE is our um, program that stands for Reach, Inspire, Support, and Empower. And basically, Um, what our goal with that program is we reach out to underrepresented youth in the community and bring them out to events and kind of show them that golf is possible for them and all of the life lessons and values that go right alongside it. And we've got just some really wonderful partnerships. We're actually expanding that program out into Elk Grove this year and have a really nice partnership with Emerald Lakes and Invictus, um, and of course, with Morton Golf and Hagen Oaks, we've been doing it there um, all this time. So that's a big thing for us. And then um, we are also starting a new program called Watson Links. It's partnership with Tom Watson. That's actually, cool. yeah, we're we're very excited about it. Just starting this week, and uh, where kids are playing alongside mentors for nine holes of golf, and um, you know, getting some life lessons along the way, and. It's nice. It's getting some of the adults out there committing to playing golf once a week. You know, who doesn't want to do that? Um, But, you know, the time is not always available. So we've actually had quite a few people sign up and commit to play with the young people, which is great. And then um, I would say also we're working to expand our Anyone Can Play program, which uh, for us, that's a big deal. We have a lot of programs for individuals with disabilities. And uh, we're working to kind of expand that up into Folsom and into Elk Grove as well. So, quite a few things going on.
2: When you think about uh, the early days of First Tee and uh, finding its footing, and and trying to explain to people that it was more than let's teach kids how to play golf program, but uh, but a youth development program, and, and and just listening to you, that all of these new programs that you've added along the way it, it's it's been really inspiring to kind of see the growth and and the development of your organization along with the juniors you help
0: oh yes absolutely um you know for us it is is about way more than just a game and uh, we do consider ourselves first and foremost to be a youth development organization and really making a difference in the lives of young people and equipping them with the skills they need. Uh, in life. So it's, um, it's really been a wonderful journey of kind of expanding into every area we can and to bring the program to kids who otherwise wouldn't really, you know, just come out to a golf course. You know, if you if you if your parents play golf, it's a one in four shot that you're going to play golf at some point. If they don't, it's one in 200. Wow. So uh we're we're really working to uh expand our reach. We reach a little over 58,000 young people uh, in Sacramento alone every year. Uh, 50 <laughs> over 125 schools and uh you know it's it's quite a program.
2: You know, uh, none of these programs work without uh, certainly a, a you know, a cast of supporters from volunteers to board people and so on and so forth and and in, in 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 golf you you really kind of have a step up i mean when you when you when you talk to people that have played the game most of their lives you know they've they've gone through those uh you know those core values and they've learned the game where you you know it's a game where you call a penalty on yourself so you know there's a, there's a respect not only for the game but uh for the people they're playing with so um, when when you think about your board and the makeup uh you know of of those kind of people that that certainly puts you you know a few steps ahead maybe of other organizations because they already come equipped sort of with the right mindset to to help your juniors
0: oh yeah absolutely i mean for sure golf the game itself isn't the values are inherent in the game uh but we make sure to um you know instill them right alongside and and have teachable moments along the way uh, our board is incredible uh we we have 30 board members representing Various industries in town, and we cannot do the work that we do without the support of our board and our community. Um, you know, of those fifty-eight thousand young people I mentioned, fifty-six thousand of them are participating in the program free of charge. So yeah. uh, we need to raise the funds to be able to make sure that that's possible. And and our board and the support from the community enables that to happen.
2: Fifty-six thousand out of fifty-eight thousand free of charge that that's a remarkable number angie hats off to you thank you coming up uh just in a couple of days as uh as i mentioned earlier is the first t invitational and this is also something that's grown over the years um you know you've had a, a a list of who's who but uh in in the past couple of years you kind of bumped it up a little bit with uh with Trevino mm-hmm. two years ago, uh, Peter or uh, Gary Player last year, and uh, Peter Jacobson this year. That's uh, that's a quite a feather in your cap there.
0: Uh, we couldn't be more thrilled. I think this is the 19th uh, year of the event, and I think when Mr. Trevino agreed to join us three years ago, it kind of set things in motion. He he started that. Now, I I don't want to discount anything from before. We've had some absolutely wonderful honorees come through and and be with us. Uh, we, we had Jay Haas here right after they had won the President's Cup that year. That was super fun, and he had championed it, um, and really some wonderful folks. Frank, you've been involved um, all through the years as well, so you know, uh, but I think when Mr. Trevino came and, and was here and experienced our group and And then shared with Mr. Player after, you know, when we were reaching out, what a great experience he had. It just really helped to elevate things. So it has been incredible to have these just outstanding legends of the game be with us. And we're super excited to have Peter Jacobson here this year. I know you, you know him a bit, Frank, but he is just the, just an entertainer. I mean, the amount of stories and just really such a, genuine good guy so we're really excited to have him here with us
2: tell us a little bit about the the invitation or what the weekend has in store and whether people can still get involved
0: sure well we actually do have a, a few spots available to join us uh, we've uh, in our golf tournament specifically which is on monday out at catavadera and we have an eight thirty breakfast followed by an 11 a.m shotgun tournament We'll be uh, having you join us that morning with Peter for a nice fireside chat uh, breakfast, which everyone always loves to hear those stories and uh, be part of. And uh, And then we'll be going out on the golf course for some wonderful play at Catavadera. And Peter Jacobson's going to drive around the course, meet and greet with every group, take photos. Uh, it'll be a really special day. Um, And then, of course, the evening before we've probably just got one or two spots left for that. Um, We have our VIP dinner. We're doing that out at Del Paso. Del Paso has been a wonderful host for this event the last few years. And uh, that'll start at 630pm. We'll have a nice uh, formal semi formal dinner um, with Peter and a chance to uh, have you do what you do best and interview interview the interviewer i guess i don't know how that's going to go between you and peter that will be interesting
2: i think there aren't enough microphones for all of us but yeah <laughs> you know um that that is a that is such a a a really um wonderful you know sort of a very warm event because there 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 aren't that many people in the room and you you right. have pretty much close up access. You have an opportunity to maybe share a few words with him. Certainly get a photo taken. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and shake hands and and kind of kind of get to know him a little bit. So so that's you know something I would encourage people to do. Um, Scott, obviously you're looking forward to the golf tournament the next day at Calabridera. You you've uh, you, well, I don't know that you've ever turned down a round of golf, but um, the opportunity no. to play there and and uh and have some fun and support the first tee that's uh that's a good day huh
3: it's a great cause and i'll never forget because it's will probably end up being the highlight of my golf life when i hit uh a shot to within about five five feet on the par three out there and lee trevino said to me it's the the best shot i've seen all day (laughs) like i will keep that in my memory forever but you know angie what i really want to see because i know the interview is going to be great with him and peter but i want to see frank and peter a part of a band and, and have a little concert action going yeah a there. little jake
0: yeah. trout and the flounders
3: yeah let's make Oops. that happen um but going back to your you know first day I, I just wanted to compliment you and certainly morton golf too i recently went out to hiram johnson just to check out the, yes. the short course out there i really wanted to see it firsthand and what it's all about and it's really It's an amazing facility out there. And you talk about bringing golf out into the community. You couldn't really do that any more than putting that facility right out there in a high school that, you know, has some challenges. And it's really just such an awesome opportunity for, for young players to who maybe can't get out to a golf course, but they can certainly get to their school. So congratulations. We
0: are are so excited about that. And, And that is a partnership with the Morton Golf Foundation and raising the funds needed to to do this work. And um, really they've they've, uh, kind of got everything set out there. They finally are finishing the building and we're getting ready to start the programming. And I think the horizons are kind of just, it's really uh, open for us as to what we're going to be doing out there. So we've had a couple of nice discussions with folks from the school district. We'd love to be able to do field trips to the spot. I know at Hiram Johnson, they're they're really focused on getting a few good golfers on their team, their high school team. And uh, we're also looking at just different ways we can do uh, outreach in the community because it's just really a nice thing to have something right there that kids could walk to and, and participate in. So it's yeah, amazing. It's
3: awesome. It really is awesome. So congratulations on that.
0: Yeah, thank you so much.
2: First Tee Greater Sacramento always doing good uh, in in our community. Angie, uh, tell people how they can get involved and help uh, help support those fifty six thousand uh, juniors every year that that uh, go you know without paying for the program, uh, and also how they might get involved in the First Tee Invitational uh, Sunday and Monday.
0: Well, yes, absolutely. We are always uh, looking for support from our community whether it be volunteering with our programs or with financial support. And you can find more out about that on our website, firsttgraderSacramento.org, um, or, you know, follow us on social media as well. It's really quite, uh, we try to keep, um, all the stories there. And it's quite inspiring to see what these young people accomplish and to see the smiles on their faces, uh, It's really just such a rewarding thing. So love to have uh, as many folks would like to join us and partner with us in this mission as possible, for sure.
2: Yeah, You know, there's never enough time. We didn't even talk about the kids who were fortunate enough to play at Pebble Beach in the Pure Championship with Champions Right. So we will save that for another uh, interview and have you back. How's that?
0: That sounds great.
2: Angie Dixon, Executive Director, First Tee Greater Sacramento, uh, give them a uh, give them a hand. Uh, g- you know they're 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 helping out the juniors in our community, uh, those that uh, that may not uh, have all the breaks that uh, some of the others have. So uh, let's see what we can't do to, to help support that organization. You're listening to Golf To Go Radio Hour right here on Sactown Sports 1140. This wraps up another edition of the show. Be sure to be with us again next week for Scott Marsh. I'm Frank La Rosa Keep it in the fairway.